This is episode 179 of Downtime Podcast. I am Elisa, and how are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing well, Elisa. It's uh, it's the winter. No, it's uh, it's the fall time. It's going to become winter soon, and I can definitely smell it in the air. Oh yeah, can smell all of that rain and all of that dew. But I'm looking like, forward yeah. to it. I I do like when it gets a little dewy and rainy because then you can smell a lot of the trees a lot better. It just and also all of the winter flavors are coming out. Those are my favorite flavors. I, I love like the smell of like pumpkin and peppermint and anything that's re- pine, anything that's associated with the holidays. So yeah, I think that's all fun. Yeah, I agree. It's um. It's definitely different, you know, different vibe, a different uh, feel, different taste, and I'm here for it. I think it's uh, it's it's definitely a sign that the seasons are changing. Yes, definitely. Do you have any plans for the holidays in general? Yeah, Thanksgiving. My brother and I are going to spend some time with our extended family uh, out in the North Bay area, and then... Uh, Christmas time, gonna fly to Hawaii and see my folks for about a month, uh, and spend, uh, Christmas and New Year's, uh, on Hawaii. And it's gonna be really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it since it's been a while since we've been out there for that time. And it's usually pretty crazy with like lots of fireworks and, uh, you know, just lots of good food. And we're gonna spend a lot of time with our extended family out there as well. So, uh, super hyped to see them. And I know they're excited to see us. That sounds like a great time to go to Hawaii as well. And especially because you're not, obviously there might be some people from Christmas, but it's not as packed as the summer. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But what are you up to for the holiday season? For the holiday season, it's going to be mostly at home, but I'm going to be taking advantage of a lot of the stuff in the Bay Area, such as like Christmas in the parks and ice skating rinks that I wasn't able to go to last year so just doing a lot of the typical stuff but excited to do the typical stuff because we were inside last december yeah it's nice to have a little bit of normalcy you know back to it all yeah exactly also gonna get cozy with a lot of video games and tv i have a lot of things lined up right now hey let's go (laughs) let's go He finished this weekend the Cowboy Bebop remake. Wow. And for context with viewers, uh, Cowboy Bebop is one of my favorite animes. And Uh this was um, something that I was not looking forward to because we all know that the percentage of anime to live adaptations that are good or maybe like two percent <laughs> and two percent meaning like Rurouni kenshin the japanese version <laughs> so the bar is very low in terms of turning animation to live action um i sort of jumped into watching it because i heard that they got yoko kano who is the original um 
composer of the jazz score of Cowboy Bebop to remaster and redo all of her songs for this. And I was thinking, oh, that's different. They actually got the original composer. So I gave it a shot. Um, I'll preface this by saying that there's a lot of things that I would have done differently. And there's a few storylines that I probably would have chosen over the ones that they did so far. Um, Also to say that see this Netflix version of Cowboy Bebop is season one is kind of like treated as a season one. So, um, so for example, you're not going to see Ed. That's not a spoiler, by the way, all like that's based off of the promos and the commercials and whatnot. So this whole, so based off of all of what you've seen so far in the promos, it's only focused on Jet, Spike and Faye. And seemingly if this show gets renewed for season two, that's when you'll see more focus on Ed. So it's pretty much the first half of the original anime. There's some stylistic things I'd change, but I'm not gonna lie, this, I will say this is one of the better adaptations, but the bar is low, Jeremy. When when oh. I say the bar is low, like, we've been ruined <laughs> for years of remakes of animes that I don't know where this even ranks, <laughs> but for to my viewing experience, this was better than say Death Note and um, what's the one with ScarJo that she completely butchered that they I forgot what that one was called. Um, oh yeah, God, that one was so bad. But and also the last Airbender. Oh oh God, this is all terrible. This one is okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't watch the Ghost in the Shell movie, but I heard bad things about it. It's bad. There's no point in watching it. Got it. But Cowboy Bebop is okay. Um, they went in some different directions, and they went they went with some very interesting camera angles as well. But overall, it's okay. It's not the best thing. But it's by far not the worst one. So Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So I think that if you're very true to the Cowboy Bebop lore and that story and the movie, if you're watching this, you might be very thrown off with some of the stylistic decisions and storyline decisions they made. But if you're just kind of, if you kind of let loose for a little bit and you kind of take it for what it is. It is not as bad as the other anime turned lives. Yeah, uh, thank you for that. I I'm still excited to watch it. I'm a huge anime fan, um, and I really like Cowboy Bebop a lot. So, I mean, you know, I feel like the next obvious choice for a li- quote unquote live action remake of an anime series would be Samurai Champloo. So I'm kind of curious to see and watch this and and determine for myself what the next um, iteration of an anime live action series is going to be like. I've thought about this before. And in terms of uh, uh, Samurai Champloo and Cowboy Bebop and really any things that were made by uh, Shinjiro Watanabe, the, what one thing to say about these animes is there is some sort of root that you can create 
the scene or the visual effects off of that won't make it look too ridiculous. And what I mean by that is, for example, Cowboy Bebop, they're they're uh, they're space bounty hunters. So you just have to put them in space and you might have to give them some weapons and give them some spaceships. But overall, you can those are things you can replicate because things like Star Wars and Star Trek exist. So, uh, Samurai Champloo, they're samurais, really. So yeah. there's there's not like in terms of the costuming and all of that, that stuff can be pretty easily replicated as well. Um, f- for one, Netflix has the rights to One Piece. That one, I'm like, look, I don't know how this is going to turn out, especially, right. especially something like One Piece. Um, that is so that is just to say Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, I think are good animes to turn into a live and dare i say death note in theory would should have been one of them too but they ruined it because yeah you bring up one piece and it's interesting because they announced that everyone has been cast and they showed the main cast and you know it looks cool to see all the the live action versions of these characters but it's going to be a, a very special effects heavy show. Oh, so 100%. I'm just like, how are they going to do this without it looking like terrible? And unfortunately, I just I just have a low expectation for it. I don't exactly. think it's going to do well. I don't think it's going to look good. I don't think it's going to um, meet the expectations because One Piece has like such a large fan base. Um, and you know, I, I only think that they can disappoint the fans and there's it can't go up from there. You know, like they have to be it's it's only it can go only one way and i don't know like if it comes out and it's really good that that's cool but at the same time i'm kind of worried you know because i don't want there i don't want the stigma to be like anime movies are bad because like you know we had we had some other we've had some pretty decent anime live action remakes like speed racer i really liked you know a lot of people are like oh like what the heck this is such a terrible adaptation but if you really are a fan of speed racer speed racer you'll notice that like it is a pretty faithful recreation in both its casting and its story and visually. Uh, that's just my opinion. But of course, uh, watch it for yourselves to, to find out. Um, and, you know, I, I want to hope that anime live action media starts to become a little bit better and more, you know, mainstream. Because if they can do it with comic books, they can certainly do it with manga. Yes. I think One Piece being such a visual effects heavy thing i want i wonder if netflix is just not the right medium to have that sort of tv show i would want some backing that pitches a lot of money to them like movie status like blockbuster type of money because that's that is a lot for netflix to take on with one piece the good news is no one in japan is gonna watch this remake (laughs) so that's gonna be great so i don't think it's gonna ruin the reputation of one piece at least in japan or anything like that because they're just gonna be like i'm gonna read the shonen version (laughs) and right i'm gonna read the i'm gonna read the weekly or i'll just watch it on tv but i i highly doubt anyone over there is really watching the cowboy bebop remake and maybe they are maybe i'm wrong so I I would like these things. To, I have a very strong opinion about animation in terms of I I do want animation remakes to be better, but at the same time I have this mindset that 
sometimes when a creator makes and chooses the medium, they choose that medium for a reason in terms of the narrative and the storytelling. And I do believe people choose cartoons and people choose animation for a reason. And I don't necessarily think every single thing in the world needs to be remade to live because they, it's just, they chose that form to tell the story that live can't do for example and the and to the point there's reasons to choose live versus animation as well sure cool yeah once i watch it and finish it i will be able to talk about it with you here yeah totally it's gonna be interesting yeah um still on the topic of movies and tv shows i just came back from watching ghostbusters afterlife and um Without spoiling anything, I think it is a really good continuation of the series. It definitely is the Ghostbusters 3 that everyone has wanted. You know, Sony and Columbia have definitely just looked at Ghostbusters 2016 and just ri- they just wrote it off. They're like, this didn't exist, which which it's right, which rightfully so, because that was just it was a reboot that was trying to do something that an already established franchise was doing uh you know, well in as far as nostalgia went and them trying to tap into that with all these new cast of characters and um, not really doing the original justice was really heartbreaking, to be honest, because I watched it and I just I just really didn't like it. And it it just felt a little forced in some ways. So Mm -hmm. watching Afterlife felt like a really proper continuation while introducing new characters and, you know, scratching that nostalgia itch while maintaining um a a future forward course with the series and yeah it was it was really fun i had a really good time watching it i legit cried at one point like not gonna lie like it was good it was that good like i don't like you would think like why would you cry during a ghostbusters movie but i did and um i i want everyone to watch it like even if you aren't the biggest ghostbusters fan which i'm not like i've seen both of the first i've seen the the first and second movie and i like them a lot i think they're great halloween movies great you know action movies um but you know watching this i was like damn this is this is really good this is a lot of fun so yeah it's 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 great Uh, what can you say more like what can i say less like you have uh finn wolfhard who is from Stranger Things. You got like Paul Rudd, and um, I gotta say like special shout out to uh the new actress, um, what's her name McKenna something, uh she it, she's basically the main character, um. McKenna Grace is her name. Yeah, okay. she stood out, and she was she's a really good actress. Nice. So yeah, um, check it out. It's great. I, it's fun. It's also directed by Jason Reitman or Reitman, and he is the son of the original creator of Ghostbusters, Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's correct. And I thought he did a good job, honestly. I'm going to watch it eventually, and I'm looking forward to watching it um, because a lot of my friends have told me it's sort of like Ghostbusters 2, and I really like Ghostbusters 2. And... I'm kind of looking for something fun to watch for just this holiday break. So I'll definitely check that out soon. Yes. Sweet. Yes. 
I've also watched Eternals. Oh, yeah. Did you watch Eternals yet? I did, yes. Okay. Honestly, it wasn't that bad. I thought it was a lot better than what everyone was complaining about. There's one criticism I completely agree with, and it's the criticism and review that this would be better as a TV show. I totally agree with that. There are way too many damn characters in the Eternals. There's like 15 or something like that. And a lot of these people are brushed over very quickly or they we go through them and it you're just kind of like, uh, we probably should have gotten more backstory on that. So I com- I do agree that this is better in a series format. Yeah. Otherwise... One thing I liked about the movie was that it did not feel like a Marvel movie and it didn't have that Marvel tone. It felt like a completely different series that wasn't even Marvel related or or um what's the other what's the other one? DC related. It just felt like a completely new super, superhero team. And I liked that a lot and it felt very real and what I mean by that is even though we are going with superheroes and the celestial type of environment it felt like they were going for more realism in terms of what the planets looked like it wasn't some sort of cartoony comic-like world that is sort of depicted in guardians of the galaxy for example like we really went with like it i feel like they took real satellite style pictures of like these planets that's sort of kind of the vibe they were going for definitely going for more realism and i like that a lot Mm, um yeah yeah uh but yeah otherwise it's definitely not my favorite marvel movie but i disagree with people that this is the worst marvel movie ever yeah no i i agree with that that sentiment like i really enjoyed it i didn't love it but i thought it was really good on its own it was fun um i was entertained i still don't you know understand and agree with all the hate that that people are giving it because i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was it was you know very very uh marvel in in a lot of ways and it was different in a lot of ways too definitely with the cinematography and we talked before about like practical effects and uh chloe zhao's use of natural lighting which were all prevalent throughout the film and i thought that was really cool to see and see things differently from a different Marvel director's perspective and someone who was an Academy Award winner who was able to, you know, put their own stamp in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, yeah, I I thought it was amazing. I thought it was um, definitely one of the the necessary Marvel movies to watch this year uh, and just a necessary movie in general to watch this year since it definitely, it, it felt like it could it could continue on with these characters, which they will, but, and, and continue the story and have, uh, you know, a great time, uh, you know, introducing these as part of maybe a more, I don't know, like Avengers style, like multiverse team up thing. I'm not sure where they're going to go with all these characters, but I'm excited to find out. Me too. I liked it. Yeah. And that's sort of the last major thing that I've watched on TV. And we wait, we talked about Squid Games. Okay, we talked about Squid Game already. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you know how I feel about that. I am back into Animal Crossing. 
Um, uh, let's see all the updates I have. I've cataloged all six froggy chairs. <laughs> so if you need a froggy chair, Jeremy, let me know. Um, uh, okay. I've take I've done nothing of substance. I haven't. I don't think I've populated any of the market area on Harv and Harriet's Island. I haven't cooked anything. I've planted a few crops and vegetables, and that was it. I went on Captain's Ride, like, three times just to get Brewster, but aside from that, I have not been doing anything, and all I do is I run around my island and I take pictures because this new handheld and tripod situation is, I think, the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) It's so cool. I love that it's a feature. I haven't even like I I haven't done any substantial game update except for take pictures of everything and take pictures of all the villagers in my house and just all of these like freaking things. So that's where I'm at. I'm not even that far in this new Animal Crossing update at all. Like I have a few friends that like now like in the group chat they're telling they're telling me about oh like i got this like come on over if you want to catalog all this and i'm just like oh my gosh but i can't right now because i'm taking a picture of hornsby and octavian <laughs> so i can't i can't do this also i will say it is a lot harder for me to play animal crossing because uh because i'm dealing with some stuff with work where i've actually had to go into work so I haven't, I can't get away with just playing Animal Crossing as much as I did last year. But since the holidays are coming up, it'll be a lot easier to get away with. But that's my Animal Crossing update. Yeah, that that's how I feel too. Like, I've been so busy with work that I haven't had time to sit down and like watch an entire show or like, you know, like, like or, or play an entire game through or to just like take a moment to read an entire book or read like, you know, get through a, a major chunk of a book. Um, and I'm in the same boat as you when it comes to Animal Crossing as well. When the update dropped, I and I bought all of the uh, the Nook Miles stuff like, you know, like get the ABD like and get the, sh- the storage shed. So I got those things. And then I um I went to Harv's Island and over the course of like, what is it? Like nine days, I unlocked all every single shop that was on Harv's Island. Haven't unlocked Um, anything. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel that. And then I went to um, Brewster's. I I unlocked Brewster's and that was cool. But other than that, like I haven't really redecorated my island. I haven't touched anything. I played around with the camera stuff, which was awesome. But yeah, I haven't really changed much. I, I've just been like, oh, looking around and seeing things and was like, oh, okay, like I can craft this now. I can cook this. Didn't do it. You know, I'm just like, whatever. Like I'm, it, it's always going to be there and I, I'm kind of busy playing other stuff. So yeah, I, I'm in a similar situation with you. Oh, that reminds me. The one thing I'm making is I'm making a theme park. I'm, um, you can get all of the you can get all of the uh, theme park related items through Nook Miles, and it's I'm so happy that they added all of these things so I can make a legit theme park boardwalk in my oh. island. So that's what I'm doing. I've been so jealous of it seeing it in Pocket Camp, but I'm glad they finally added that stuff. Yeah, it's cool. So that's happening. 
Um, with The Sims 4, I'm super obsessed with this new expansion pack that I got, Seasons. And um, currently in my lineage, my Sim has a florist career and is a flower arranger. So they live in this really nice place in... And they just arrange flowers and they have a nice garden. And so I'm just like boosting up gardening skills. And then I saw this stuff at the flea market in San Michuno with um, City Life. And I had my sim, uh, for people who play The Sims, I had my sim marry someone from the land grab family. Which, if you know, the for anyone who's a Sims fan, that's like a lineage family similar to Bella Goth and the Goth family. So... Uh, yeah, so th- they're married now, and I-, I guess I'm expanding the land grab family. So that's my update with The Sims 4. And then, um, not really an update, but I just wanted to tell people that I finished Neo The World Ends With You, and I liked it. Um, week 3 by far was my favorite part of the game, and it got substantially more difficult but it was a lot of fun defeating the noise and dealing with all of the controls when you got up to five six people on your team um overall like i said i still think that the dialogue is a little bit wordy but i'm overall i'm very satisfied with the world ends with you i thought it was a it's a fun jrpg to play um so i've been playing far cry 6 the latest entry in the Far Cry franchise with uh, JP, who has been a recurring guest on this podcast. Uh, and yeah, we are, we're playing the entire single-player campaign co-op. It's been a lot of fun. The main antagonist is played by Giancarlo Esposito, who is best known um, from the Breaking Bad series, as well as The Mandalorian. And he... He shows up here and there. You can hear his voice throughout certain parts of the game when you're like raiding a base or like trying to clear a checkpoint. You'll hear him over the intercom speaking a uh, recorded message out to pe- the people. Um, the game takes place in a fictional country called Yara that is modeled, I'd say, culturally after Cuba with like a dictatorship and then all the co- all the cars and technology is kind of... 1950s style since it's it kind of feels like it's a place that's stuck in time it's cool i really like it a lot i like the 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 music and the culture and the themes one funny thing is since he and i have been streaming it on twitch um every time that there's a radio playing we always try to turn it off because of copyright we don't want the the song we don't want our streams to be like uh oh yeah a copyright strike so we always 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 try and uh and, and block it. And so we turn off the radio and we're like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll like talk loud over it. It's It's been hilarious. But the music has been amazing. I love, love, love the music. Um, there's even a there's a, a gun that shoots CDs and it plays the Macarena. And I hate it because it plays the Macarena and I'm trying to just <laughs> shoot somebody with it. Uh, but there's an option to turn off the music. So uh, when you're shooting it, you won't hear the, the song. Um, but, <laughs> but every time you shoot um, a, a CD out of it, uh, and you charge it up like it, when you start charging it up because it starts doing the chorus of the song. Um, but then uh, if you just shoot it without charging it up it, and, and you shoot multiple times, it goes, hey, 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 <laughs> like that. It's <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, my it's favorite. Like, I've heard I've heard a few reviews of 
the new Guardians of the Galaxy game, which, by the way, I've heard is actually pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I would get it, um, but it's decent. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it's actually a lot better than Marvel's Avengers. But when you're in battle fights, all of a sudden, never gonna give you up would play in Guardians, <laughs> and I feel yeah. like this has that same energy. Yeah, it's like especially if you stream it, you're like, no, I don't want this right now. I, I please stop. Um, but I mean, I've been playing Far Cry Six a lot offline, and the the music has been just a lot of fun to listen to. And the main character, uh, you can choose either a male protagonist or female protagonist, and your name is Danny. So for the male, it's D A N N Y, I believe, and then for the female version, it's D A N I. Uh, and I chose the female version. Um, but regardless of which gender you choose, your character will sing along with the songs on the radio, including the Macarena, if it pops up, which is so fun because like they're just they're just belting out with the song as it's playing. It's so fun. I'm like, oh, this is cute because it's like that's things. Those are things that we would do in real life too. You know, like yeah. our favorite song comes on, we're like, we know all the lyrics. We're gonna sing to it. It's great. Um, uh, there's these things called amigos, which are like little uh, pets that help you. They have certain like characteristics and they can like, you know, heal you or get you up when you're down or like scan cameras and scan targets for you. Um, my favorite one so far is a little dog. His name is Chorizo and he doesn't have back legs. He has like a little wheelchair, but there's like ammo stored on it. There's like a little ammo pouch and everything. He's so tiny and so cute. The best part is you can pet and like hug all of your amigo friends and it's it's a great time. My second favorite is K9000. He's a robot dog that is based on the themes and uh yeah, the theme and aesthetic from Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. So, I'm looking forward to playing that which came with the version I bought. So, I'm excited to play Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Never played it, so looking forward to that. Um and uh, it's yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. It it does it does feel like Far Cry. So there have been a lot of criticisms about its recycled game play, like mechanics, as well as uh you know just the overall like repetitive nature of uh, an Ubisoft open world game, which mm-hmm. I understand. You know, like I don't play too many Ubisoft games, but I do love the Far Cry franchise a lot. I think the games are really solid. Um, I think this is probably. The, one of the best entries yet as far as uh, gameplay mechanics go, uh, the ability to, to co-op the entire story. Um, the the main villain is, of course, fantastic. Giancarlo Esposito is such a great actor. I love him so much, and he does a really good job. And, yeah, it, it's been a fun game overall so far, and I can't wait to keep playing it. Um, I've also been playing Halo Infinite, which dropped recently and not the single player campaign which comes out on december 8th i believe i've actually been playing the multiplayer which came out for free so halo infinite multiplayer is free to play and it's been fun it feels like halo uh and you you can have a squad of up to 12 people because you can do this thing called big team battle where it's 24 players so you can have 12 v 12 it's so fun uh i love halo a lot i love the story i love the uh the style like yeah you've been looking forward to this for a while yeah seriously yeah no no for real and i i I, i've never owned an xbox i think i've talked about this before on the podcast where uh my brother and i have played every single halo game that's come out but we just haven't 
ever owned an Xbox. And it's nice having the Master Chief collection on PC because now we can play a bunch of mainline Halo games and, you know, enjoy the campaign without having to uh, worry about buying an Xbox. And I think Microsoft is doing a really good job of making sure that PC players get to play uh, their flagship series. Um, and yeah, Halo, Halo, Inf Halo Infinite multiplayer has been a lot of fun. I've been playing it a lot with some buddies and we're all like, you know, reminiscing about the days when we all used to play Halo like 1 and 2 and 3. Uh, and yeah, it's Halo Infinite has been fantastic. Um, aside from that, I've been playing the usuals, Dead by Daylight, um, uh, Apex Legends, and um, unfortunately there have been some things with DBD where there have been attacks, there have been DDoS attacks against people who play the game, which sucks because there's a that's new killer annoying. that's going to be, yeah, right? And people are getting swatted. People are literally getting swatted, like streamers are getting swatted for playing a, a horror game. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Jeez. Yeah, and uh, it sucks because there's a new killer being released. Uh, her name is The Artist, and she's a painter. And I think this is one of the best killer-slash-survivor DLC releases they've done in a long time because um, her her she doesn't have hands. Her hands are, like, ink blots. Uh, ink drops, sorry. And, like, they... It's a bunch of ink that forms into a hand shape, and and her eyes are all black, and there's, like, ink coming out of it. It's freaky. She's a freaky-looking killer. And her map is really cool, too, because it's, like, a it's like a, a giant tower that you can go inside of and run around in um, with a bunch of graveyard um, stones in the front. And out from the, the ground are these ink blots that are, like, dripping out into the sky. So, like, you know, they're, they're reverse dripping. Instead of going towards the ground they're dripping up into the sky and it looks really cool the whole aesthetic is awesome um the new nice. survivor i forget his name but he has some really cool perks like dead by daylight is introducing this thing where uh, survivors can um create a boon totem and what a boon totem is is it's a totem that survivors can bless uh the totems are these little like skull uh skull and uh bone things that are on the ground and there's usually five in each round uh and killers can start with what are called hexes which one or if not all of the the hexes uh, all of the um uh sorry not all but like if most of the uh totems can be possessed by a hex and it's up to the survivors to find it and clear it because it could activate um uh, a silent perk or an active perk that happens with the killer. But with the survivor boons, you can go up to a totem and bless it and then it has an effect like anyone can heal with it or you can you can get up faster or you can like have some kind of positive effect towards survivors. Okay. And yeah, and so uh the new survivor adds to the hex build where I think it's like you can you can stand up from the dying state uh 90% faster or like recover 90% faster or something like that, which is really cool because uh, it, it finally gives an advantage for survivors to continue uh, looking for totems and, and trying to create a, a more strategic way to win the game. Um, but regardless, it sucks that the, all these attacks are happening to streamers and to players because I still want to keep playing DBD, but this is something that's forcing me to be like, I don't want to play anymore because I don't want to be attacked. Yeah, of course. You have to wait for... Um, I don't know how much security there is in terms of the company and whatnot and just like making sure that it's beefed up to prevent these attacks or i don't know if they've addressed that i think i haven't been following the news closely but i think they have and mm -hmm. they're still they're they're trying to find a way 
for sure. Well, I hope yeah. they do just because um just because it it seems to be like a fun game. Like I've I've seen I've seen like you play a lot and it it's just like why that game too? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it it sucks cuz I I really like that game. It is one of my favorite games. Yeah. Um hopefully that yeah. gets resolved and you'll feel more comfortable playing it. Thank you. Yeah, I really hope so. I really really hope so. Um but yeah, so just looking forward to it. Um and yeah, after all that, I've been playing Lost Judgment and I haven't had a chance to continue playing it since last weekend. I've been really really busy these past couple weekends. Uh, and I'm uh, sorry, this past week and this weekend I've been busy. But uh yeah, I'm currently on chapter 5, I think. Like like 2 weeks ago I played Lost Judgment and I honestly I was trying to get to the main story, but I was so distracted by the school stories and intrigued with all those missions and those things and hating the robotics club and So um, you've actually started... played the robotics club. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan to be honest. So the robotics club is um very much like a it's very much like a Tetris tactical game. It's it's very similar. I like I like to compare it to the Valkyria Chronicles tank making mechanic where you have to make these tanks and you have to swap equipment and you have to make sure that the parts are using enough units and cost uh, to get to where you need to be. But in terms of actually playing the robotics game and the just the board and playing against the playing the scrimmages and just playing against other high schools, it is very difficult to kind of maneuver and get into. Now, I finished the robotics game, but that's because I was determined. And I very much like when I played that garbage game for the first time in Like a Dragon. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this? Five hours later, oh God, <laughs> what, am I do- <laughs> what am I doing with my life? But that, that's, yeah. that, that was like the type of motive. So the robotics game is like is like the mahjong of school but i do but i i did finish it but there was a lot of willpower that and a lot of me trying to not throw my controller (laughs) that was needed to finish the robotics game yeah wow i i feel it because it's very frustrating oh yeah I'm on chapter 11, and I think at this point in the game, I ha- I'm i probably maybe one more chapter. I'm like one or two chapters away, I bet, from finishing the game. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And I've been trying to gun through the storyline to, to, to get closer to the end, but I've been so distracted by like playing mini games and going to the arcade and just oh. like doing all the side stuff. You're like, I, I've been so distracted. Well, the mini games are life, so I don't blame you. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I, I'm, I've finished majorities of these school sub store. Like, if you just played Lost Judgment and you only played the main storyline, I think this might be one of the shortest Ryugakutoku games of all time. I think this might be shorter than Yakuza 3 and 4 or something. Like hmm. when I when I think about the amount of time I invest in Serial High School and the amount of time I'm playing in the game, I'm like this game's shorter than Regular Judgment, the very first one. Hmm. And um 
I like that, that. But then again, like the school system is just a lot of fun, and all of the sub stories dealing with that and being an advisor to freaking eight clubs or whatever is very fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm super addicted to skateboard racing, so that's a thing now. Awesome. Yep. I um, yeah. I I don't remember exactly which part of the main story I'm on. Um. Yeah. I honestly, I don't even remember. I I've had such a long week and a long weekend that I I, it's been literally been like seven days since I last played Lost Judgment, but um. Damn. Oh, I see for sure. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm sorry. I can't talk about. It. I can only tell you like all the side stuff I did. I can't remember the main story part. Yeah, but I'm what... having fun. Yeah, I I can tell you more after next weekend. I hope I get to play Lost Judgment next Sunday, but we'll see. For sure, for sure. Okay, yeah. I just looked up where you're at in Chapter Five because I was confusing Chapter Five and Chapter Six. Okay, I know where you're at now. Cool. Chapter seven is where shit goes down um, in terms. Of, so like, so um, I just remember playing, playing that chapter and just being like, oh, my God, like, because you know how, like, with every Yakuza game, the turning point is kind of like somewhere between chapter seven and ten. Sure. Yeah. So um, so that so like, I remember um. I remember, like, when I was playing at this point in Chapter 5, um, like, like things started to get, like, like as you're, like, probably experiencing, experiencing okay. right Okay, we'll now. leave it there. We'll leave it there. I don't want to hear anything else. I think we're oh. fine. Yep. We're oh, fine. okay. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know because I want to just go into this, like, like, not knowing anything. But thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate that. Oh, okay, um, for sure. Yeah. No, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 yeah, I've been, like, taking this really seriously because I've been so invested in it that any hint about what chapter what happens next like i don't want to expect it because i want to have like a genuine reaction and be like oh shit like that's awesome um and it sucks because like i'm trying to catch up to you and i want to have that same conversation but i can't because i'm not there yet you know and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. i want to be there but yeah but thank you for for telling me um i'm probably gonna forget which is great because i don't want to know um <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, I, but i appreciate i appreciate you trying to tell me um but yeah i'm excited to let's see what happens after that for sure. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about Lost Judgment then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I one last thing I want to say is that I did unlock the third song for the Rabbits Club. Is that Esmeralda? That I don't know what that is. Is it a breakdancing song? No. Oh, what song did you unlock? Oh, did you unlock the fourth one you meant? What's I I don't remember what it's called because it, you have the starter song and then it's the second song and then I unlocked the third song that has like tutting. Oh, or is it okay. Break dancing? I, for, or, I forgot. I forget. What, I don't remember. Okay, I know what. Okay, I know what you. I know what the tutting one is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. I know what you're referring to when you say it's the tutting song. Yes. Well, anyways, like I've been enjoying playing that mini game, and um, it's thanks to you because. Um, yeah, I, I, whenever I play any rhythm gate based mini game in 
Yakuza or, or Judgment, I always think about you, and I'm like, I know Elisa is digging this right now. <laughs> oh, it because because the dance team is life. It's it's the best sub store. It's the best school story of all of them. So yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. First off in news, obviously, there's a lot of things going on with Activision Blizzard, especially since the state of California sued Blizzard back in July or August or so. So just what I did was I just have a quick I have a quick summary of everything that's happened in November with Blizzard. Okay. so November 2nd. Blizzard announced that they were delaying Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 to 2023, which pissed off a lot of people, rightfully so, <laughs> especially the Diablo uh, community. And obviously, Bl- Blizzard, Activision Blizzard has already, already been walking on eggshells, and all of a sudden, these Diablo fans are like, they're delaying this shit again, this is terrible. And so, there's already... there. So, the thing with Activision Blizzard and these accusations is... Is just the fact that Blizzard has not been supporting a lot of their IP for a while, that they're very much pissing off the fandom. So now that more of these things are being delayed to 2023, it's just, it's like now the fans just, they want change. So they want some sort of new leadership or they want something. And then now let's flash forward to November 16th, where the Wall Street Journal released this expose. And the expose says that um, Bobby Kotick, who's the CEO of Activision Blizzard, has known about the sexual misconduct and the harassment and all of the accusations of their employees since 2018. So just so just knowing that he's known this for a very long time. That same day, so after that article gets released, Activision Blizzard board of directors release a statement saying that. You know, we're going to see this through and we still support Bobby Kotick. That's what their Oh my god. That's what their statement says. Now, flash forward November 18th is when you start seeing all these video game companies like Xbox and Sony and all of these people being like, "Ah, uh, we don't want to associate with Activision Blizzard and we're considering our relationship and affiliation with them until Bobby Kotick is removed as CEO and something does not change." Um, one of those organizations includes a a non-profit organization, Girls Who Code, which is a very, um, famous, like, community, like, of allowing, um, developers of the female gender and just, like, expanding that to, like, all different types of gender. And so they no longer want to affiliate with Activision Blizzard as well, and they call them fundamentally misaligned. That's an exact quote that they call them. And the irony of this all being that Activision Blizzard um, has hosted Girls Who Code for summer internships and whatnot. Oh, my God. Yeah, so there's a lot of irony there. And then, finally, we get to... November 19th, which is the latest update, where Activision Blizzard employees have a petition for Bobby Kotick to resign. So these are the employees, not the board of directors, and over 1,000 employees have signed it. By the way, I don't know, I don't exactly know where Activision Blizzard expands in terms of like where they're located aside from Irvine but um over 1000 people signing it makes me believe that it's like all of their locations and all of their studios yeah and yeah. 
But that's where we're at right now with this whole Activision Blizzard mess. Damn. Yes. Bobby Bobby Kotick just seems like such a scummy dude. Like I, I kind of always felt like he was a scummy dude. I'm sorry to say this, but just by his name, he just seems like such a frat boy <laughs> when it comes to like his, his his name. Just sounds like a frat boy kind of name. Yeah. And this kind of just further solidifies that he's a scumbag. Yes. <laughs> he also kind of um, like the way he does his hair. Like if you just kind of like look images, look up images of him. And just kind of like he looks like Elon Musk, sort of. And you're, I'm just kind of like, eh, I can see it. <laughs> this makes sense. I, I'm gonna put him on the thumbnail. How about yeah. that? Oh god, <laughs> sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> Find a good photo of him looking just nasty or something. <laughs> just a <Yes>. memeable photo. <laughs> oh, okay. This is so. There's a new report as of today. Or yesterday. There's a new report as of November 20th. Um, I look cause, Just because I was Googling a picture of Bobby Kotick and then it led to this article. So there's a, one more update is that uh, Bobby Kotick, reported by Kotaku, is considering quitting if he can't fix the company's culture. First of all, the company's culture can't be fixed because you have facilitated it. So let's just get that straight. <laughs> so... Um, there needs to be something else that helps turn this in the right direction. Um, so there, so there you have it. That that is officially the latest update. Damn, just leave, bro. We don't I need know. you. Exactly, just leave. This, there's just that's it. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, thank you for all that insight, Elisa. I really appreciate you being on top of that whole lawsuit because I was a I saw some of the highlights but I never really was able to dive deep into what was actually happening to be completely honest I haven't really dived deep into this until that uh, like maybe two months ago when the state of California sued Activision Blizzard for the first time and they released what their what the grounds were that was that was like the last time I really looked into it so for these updates I was like I need the summary because there's a lot of things happening at once (laughs) it there's a lot of things happening in the in these five days (laughs) that this is that this is all got released so I'm glad I could help summarize it for people yeah no thank you thank you yes no problem the next update we have is uh, G4 TV is back. Yes. It got launched for realsies on Comcast November 16th. So this means Attack of the Show was back. All of these things all of these things are back. Like a lot of people who were from the original TV shows such as uh, Blair Herder. So Blair Herder was the previous ex or like he's like the ex-host of X-Play. They're back in leadership position. So a lot of these people who were hosts are the people facilitating this launch and this comeback. And um, I I just find it very interesting. Uh, so like the channel is back on Comcast. Um, and I'm not sure if it's back on satellite or like Spectrum or whatever. But um, a lot of these shows are back. They're uploading them on YouTube. Also, they're ev- like I saw a little bit of their new newly attack on the show attack of the show, and they had they had some like WWE wrestlers that are known for gaming. Like you know, like if you've seen Austin Creed before, Jeremy. 
Yeah, he, I, yeah, I talked about how I met him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so he was featured on Attack of the Show. I was like, oh, Saw God. Him. Yeah, with Kevin Pereira. That was a yeah. trip. I was like, yo, that's so cool. Yeah, they're pulling all of the stops. Um, the one quote that I thought was... Uh, the one quote that I thought was um, pre- pretty much summarizes why G4 TV came back was from Blair, um, who, like I said, used to host X-Play, is now the senior VP of branding. So that's a turnaround. He was saying, he was um, saying that um, because the gaming landscape is changing and because it's super saturated now, they want to bring back G4 TV as the central hub. So, and currently in gaming, like you can just create a channel or a Twitch, uh, you can do whatever you want and you can have all of this stuff and like you can pretty much watch anything on whatever channel whatever personality you need but G4 TV um is coming back with the with the note that we're we're bringing this back and being the central hub of all of this and so far i think the launch has been not bad like it, it like like i've seen a lot of people talk about it and a lot of people watch it yeah, I actually caught um, Attack of the Show and X-Play uh, a couple days ago, and I loved it. I loved the style. It was very, very reminiscent of the older uh, version of the of these shows. And, you know, I'm happy because nothing's changed. And, you know, you would think that people would be bored of it. Nope, everyone was there. They're like, people in the chat were like, like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, this is so cool. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool because people get introduced to the show like new audiences get to see it and old and old audiences get to enjoy uh it like just scratching that nostalgia itch it's great yeah. it's great it's crazy it's fun exactly and there's there's a reason why like gaming journalism like IGN games GameSpot Kotaku there even with all of these YouTube channels and these Twitch channels these journalism sites still exist and so there's no reason why G4 TV still can't exist. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm um, looking forward to watching a few things just because I did like Attack of the Show. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I really liked Attack of the Show. I was a huge fan of X-Play. And I'm happy that Adam Sessler is still the host. Although I do miss Morgan Webb. Mm. Can you imagine if Jessica Chobot came back? <laughs> That would be insane. I feel like a lot of the old hosts will come back as like guests for like a couple episodes. Yeah. You know, like it's inevitable, right? Yes. And also Jessica, I think, is married to Blair now. Oh, well. Yeah. There you go. I think. I'm not sure. Don't quote don't quote me on this. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the big updates um came with or one of the big uh news and like launches and like mess ups came with grand theft auto the definitive edition um so i don't know if you know what's what's happening with this but pretty much rockstar games was just like doing a trilogy you know remaster of grand theft auto 3 vice city and san andreas and for a lot for a lot of people including myself vice city and san andreas they're fan favorites they're a lot of people's favorite games yeah mine too yep so in theory, you would just think that like remastering, you know, reporting, this is like not a big deal. Like they're, they're like, who cares? 
So what happened was Grove Street Games was the studio that did the remaster and the definitive edition. Now, Grove Street Games is a studio under Rockstar that specializes specifically in Rockstar's mobile games. And they were the ones that were in charge of the definitive edition uh, and, like, its launch. And during its launch, it was so buggy and the visuals just did not even, like, did not look that great. And I, from what I've been hearing on launch, like, the PC version didn't even work for a few days. So the it just got completely botched when all like all they had to do was just like release these three games and make sure it works on PlayStation and Steam and what you know like and Xbox and whatever platform or you know like Switch whatever platform you're playing it on but like they completely messed it up to the point that Rockstar had to apologize because it was so buggy and anyone who bought the definitive edition would receive the classic versions of GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas for free, for free on the Rockstar Store until June 30th, 22. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So, first of all, um, I just think it's funny that, like, they're offering the classic version of GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, like, for free now. That should really just have been what we received in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like... It, like, I don't see how that was even that difficult to accomplish, especially because, like, you can get a lot of these things, like, on PS4, for example. Um, I But, yeah, that that's all there is to it. Uh, they totally screwed up, the, screwed up the game and it was buggy. And there's a there's a, going to be a fix coming out soon if you have it. It may have already come out and I just didn't know. I, I haven't really keeping up with the news um, about it coming back or stuff like that. So thank you for letting me know. I, I did read a lot of information as to why it was acting up, and it's because the company that remastered it, they relied a lot on an AI to update the graphics and change the text. So a lot of the jokes with the stores were lost because, um, you know, people weren't really like, uh, people didn't really understand the... Oh, sorry, the AI didn't really understand the context of the jokes, and so some of the humor was lost. Um, and there was a really famous clip that went viral on Reddit of a guy in GTA 3 who was, like, driving, and he was turning his car left and right constantly. And he was going really slow. And the AI would stretch out the entire car's model and make all the tires, like, blocky. It yeah. didn't really hinder the car to be undrivable. It just made the, the texture a model of the car looked bigger than it already was. And it, and the more he did it, the wider it got. It just kept expanding and expanding and expanding because the AI wasn't able to like lock on to the specific like model or something. I forget exactly what was happening with the model, but the AI was messing up and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's like the biggest reason why like a lot of the stuff was glitchy and it sucks because you know it looked really cool in the trailers but it's a, a classic case of you know don't believe what you see until you actually get it yeah exactly also this really shouldn't have been that hard is my issue like sorry developing is hard but if san andreas you can play on a bunch of other platforms already 
then really this definitive ish, uh, edition shouldn't have been that bad. Ah. So, but I'm glad that they're going to fix it and people will be able to also play it for free and it should be, it like, it should be fine. Yeah. And then, let's see, last... Last news coming from Sega. So, um, let me just do this in the form of an ad. Jeremy, are you looking for something for the holiday season? Yes. So, are you looking for a special gift for that special someone? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, Sega is doing a collaboration with Numskull Designs, partnering to make three premiere colognes based off of three of their famous games the first Ooh. the first one is tobacco and gold which is a cologne dedicated to shenmue and jeremy okay let me read you the description like that is this is these are the legit descriptions from the sega store by the way okay all right this is for tobacco and gold the shenmue cologne Rebellious and addictive, this exhilarating Shenmue tobacco and gold unisex cologne hits all the right smells to get the likes of Ryu Hazuki nodding in appreciation. Enjoy this rich fragrance with top notes of clashing cardamom and bergamot, smoldering golden tobacco, deep orris, and strong patchouli base. This scent is ideal for presenting as a gift to a loved one or for yourself. That's real, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, Where can I buy this? The Sega store. Only the Sega store? I, I, I saw these on the Sega store, but I can't confirm if it's on Amazon or anywhere else yet. Um... Okay, and this is only Shenmue related? No, there, there's two more. There's three Premier Colognes. The next one is a illustrious Sonic the Hedgehog cologne called Blur. Okay. <laughs> Add a gorgeous, refreshing scent to your everyday life with this invigorating Sonic the Hedgehog Blue Blur unisex cologne. Given the seal of approval from the famous speedy hedgehog himself, this cologne boasts an aroma of fresh citrus, a zing of grapefruit zest, and exotic lime and lemon, topped with the scene of the ocean breeze and chilled melon fade. Take pleasure in the rich bass tones of leather, suede, and setter. This fragrance is excellent for giving as a present to a loved one or yourself. What the fuck? <laughs> but let me tell you, last but not least, maybe the best gift of them all. The Bourbon and Smoke, the cologne what? for Yakuza fans. Okay. <laughs> Created for the night, this bold and retrie in this bold and intriguing Yakuza Ryugagotoku Bourbon and Smoke unisex cologne will have you smelling like the Tojo clan's finest crime boss. This fragrance flaunts a deep and mysterious scent of antique oak, cedarwood, beeswax infused with smoky bourbon, leathery rose, and scorching pimento. 
what the hell? <laughs> uh, so okay. all of these, all of these, all of these colognes separately, um, you can buy individually for twenty nine ninety nine euros. I don't know what the conversion rate is for dollars, and yeah, if you're looking for that special gift for Christmas, you know what to do. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know. You know. Color me intrigued for sure. Um. Especially the Shenmue and Yakuza one. The Sonic one actually sounds refreshing now that I'm thinking about it. It definitely. Um, it it definitely has that EDT feel, especially because it has citrus in the scent for the for the blur the blur Jeremy. EDT. E. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, if someone, if you, in terms of perfume and cologne. There's two types. There's EDT, which okay. is called Eau de Toilette. Oh. And, and that usually means that the scent is a little bit lighter and kind of has more of a refreshing thing. So normally, like, fruit scents fall into the an Eau de Toilette, which is EDT. And then Ooh. there's EDP, which is Eau de Perfume. And Eau de Perfume is, like... A very strong scent, so kind of like cologne and perfume that's more spicy and warm. That is what falls into EDP, which would be kind of like the bourbons and smoke and the and the tobacco and gold. Okay. Yeah. If you're looking for a cologne, Jeremy, I can like I I know the language for all of this now um you know like real talk i will probably reach out to you about it <laughs> I, I i don't wear cologne i typically don't wear cologne at all um but now that i know that there's someone that is more familiar than i am in that realm i will actually come to you for advice yeah um, t- totally yeah. and jeremy just to give you some advice um like seriously like when it comes to just like scents because like this is something you spray on your body and then you'll smell like it for like eight hours like honestly like this is like a this is like a week's process of just like going to you know perfume stores or cologne stores and just trying it on and then just seeing how you feel and just testing it and then after like a few weeks of like trying things that intrigue you then you kind of just figure out which one you like Especially yeah. because you've never, especially because you don't wear cologne. Now it's gonna, now it's gonna be like interesting of you figuring out like, oh, what kind of scent do I like? Am I a fresh kind of guy? Am I a darker tone with like with like some pine in it? Like, who knows, Jeremy? The possibilities are endless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I I only have an Armani cologne that I only wear when I'm going to like a wedding. Or if I'm going to like a formal event, I'll put it on. But that's the extent of what I use as cologne and what my knowledge is. By any um, chance, is this cologne called Agua de Gio? No. Okay. It just says Armani on it, and there isn't really another sub label oh, that I can tell you. Yeah. Okay. I don't know which one that is then. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know either. If I find it, <laughs> I need to go dig around. I'll send you a picture. Okay. Sounds good. Well, if you yeah. need. Well, now you know what if you want bourbon and smoke, this is available to you. I I'm actually interested in all of these. You know, I I've talked about how I've been a, a huge Sega fan since I was a kid, so I might try to pick up one of these. Um, but I'm seeing on Google that these are only available on Sega EU. For yeah, the moment. 
They are. Damn. They are, but I figured, like, I'm, fi- like, I mean, I figured they'll still ship to the United States that you just have to pay the fee or whatever. Uh, I don't know if I want to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. my gosh. But I'm not going to lie. I agree with you that the blur interests me the most just because I prefer kind of like the airy, fresh citrus, like, tree smell. So. But, yeah. Hit me up, Jeremy, if you want advice for buying perfume and cologne. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I will definitely do that because, you know, it's something I've been thinking about, you know, as 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 I get older. Like, should I start doing it or should I just wear it occasionally? Like, I don't know. I, I, I'll i talk to you. I'll talk to you soon Sounds about good. It. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I'd, I have one piece of news, but did you have anything else? Oh, uh, um, I do have another piece of news, but we can switch with you. Sure. Um, the only thing I have is that uh, there was a Far Cry 3 mission that accidentally got revealed, and it's called Danny and Danny versus Everybody, and it was a mission featuring Danny Trejo, the actor, playing oh. himself in Far Cry 6. Okay. Um, and I got really excited. I was like, oh, that's cool, but they... they it's unfinished because they're still working on it. And I was like, wow. Okay. So just know that it's coming. It's cool because it's his actual like facial model and voice in the game. So I'm excited for that. That's going to be awesome to see uh, and play, but I'm kind of sad that that's they awesome. Had, I'm sad. I'm sad that first of all, it's not available. And second of all, that they're just teasing us, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty sweet for sure. Uh, but that's all I had. I like Danny Trejo too. He's fun. People. Oh, he he seems like a really really wholesome and genuine person. Yes, totally seems super solid. So the last piece of news um, will relate to as we go into our questions for the week. So um, the director of one of the directors of Ryuga Kotoku Studios, uh, Masayoshi Yokoyama, just gave an update to uh, Famitsu. And okay. um, just um, this this interview happened on November seventeenth, and he was just talking about the studio and what's to come. And these are uh, just a few of these are the few of things he said. So, um, number one, he was talking about how he is not worried about the restructuring of the company, especially with uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi leaving, because yeah. basically he was just like, company changes happen all the time, and we're gonna be okay, which is the way to go because it is true. So yeah. Um, he just basically confirmed that he still f- like feels basically very confident about the company. Um, so Yakuza Eight is in the works, and they, he didn't announce if it's going to come out next year. But like just based off of the track record of the studio, it's most likely going to come out next year, at least like in fall. Um, it's going to take place a few years after Yakuza Seven, like the Dragon. So we're going to flash whenever Yakuza 8 comes out. We are going to flash forward in time, like maybe like four or five years. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, He talked about how Judgment is an important series to them and that um basically like that it's still on their minds so i so like there really has not been a conclusion at all with this whole actor drama right um but he did he was basically talking about like like judgment is a series that like they like and like they want to continue moving forward with and you know to with judgment judgment on launch sold 140 
thousand copies in Japan, like the first week. So this this is this is like a series that people play. So I have no doubt with just the um just all of that that they're gonna be fine. And then Last but not least, they said that they're working on a new franchise. So a new franchise to join Yakuza and Judgment. I'm excited. Uh, That's going to be interesting. Yeah. And then so now we're going to go into uh, questions with uh, we got two questions from the wonderful Dave 97. And his first question is, since uh, Ryuga Kotoku Studio announced they are working on a new franchise, which genre would you like to see them tackle next? Okay, okay. So this is so. What I'm thinking is, no matter what franchise they choose, are they still are they going to relate it to Yakuza? Are they still relating it to gangs? Like for example, yeah, like Judgment is about lawyers, but they relate it back to gangs to some degree so do you think that this is going to do that same thing or do you think yeah. they're going to go in a completely different direction i think it could go both ways honestly this universe is so varied and diverse i feel like it could go anywhere um but what were you gonna say i was just thinking of some random things and it w- i think it would be cool if we got um a a female protagonist going in in this next franchise yeah especially because in like the in judgment and you know in judgment one i really liked when we switched perspectives and in yakuza 5 i liked playing as um haruka and i just think that we like we can have like we can have some fun here if it's a female protagonist like there's a lot of different i like directions we can tackle yeah no i agree um I, I actually do want to see a female protagonist, but like, you know, the Yakuza series has been so traditionally male centric and like beating up dudes as a dude is like, you know, the whole centerpiece of what this series is. So if, yes. when a female, when a female protagonist comes along, it's going to be interesting to see her either in the brawler style or the turn-based style beat up people. It's like, oh, that's fun because we got a taste of that in Yakuza 7, um, but having a central female character be the focal point for a an entire game is something I'm really excited to see. Yeah, totally. Um, I I think that they can definitely create some good stories, especially because the women they do have in these Yakuza series, they're always badass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I so yes, there's a lot of potential. I would like to see that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, uh, something we've talked about before, but like obviously the game will still be in Japan and that's fine. But it would be cool if, like, for example, they had to fly to a different city, like outside of Japan. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be honestly. Fun. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool to see like um, um, so many different diverse like cultures and and places kind of uh recreated faithfully in in that engine because i was so excited to see a lot of stuff in the in the dragon engine and i think it's so fun yes agreed there's a lot of potential now like if they went to hong kong for example that's a good one or they went to like seoul busan or something that would also be cool especially with the dragon engine yeah absolutely 
And since like, yeah, even, even China as well, or Taiwan, because it seems like the, the Chinese and Korean gangs have been a huge focal point for story beats in recent games. And so it'd be fun to travel to those places. Oh, agreed. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, but cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then the next question is, uh, what are your thoughts on the most anticipated category in the Game Awards? Is it weird to award something to something that isn't even out yet? And so let me just um, let me just pull up. I'm gonna pull up the category and then I'll just read it for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah I haven't taken a look. I've been. Yeah. I've been seriously like slacking on those kinds of things. Yeah. So we can talk. We can totally talk about it. Um, we can totally sure. talk about it like another time because I because I haven't looked. Also, it's a little hard to judge because a lot of these game awards. Um, like, especially Game of the Year, they're all PlayStation 5 games, and I just haven't played them yet. Um, but, so, number so for most anticipated game, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Starfield, and, <laughs> Jeremy, the way that they say this, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> all right. Like, I mean, can we just get a title already? Like, I... I, I... Listen... <laughs> nintendo listen um that is a mouthful and everyone understands what it is but children don't understand what that is all right nintendo we just want breath of the wild whatever the subtitle is or whatever new name you're gonna give it i don't care what it is as long as we know it's the sequel and which we do you guys keep telling us what it is but goddamn can you just give us the title already like i know you're trying to keep it all hidden and secret because you want to wait until it's closer to release but still Yes. You no, know, the hype's already there. You guys already announced this like years ago, so it's fine. Exactly. Um God, I can't believe they did that. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, all these games look fine. Um hopefully, maybe I'll have a PlayStation 5 by next year to play the new God of War. Uh we'll see. And then maybe I'll also play Deathloop, which is one of the games nominated for Game of the Year. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um I think all of these anticipated games look very exciting but also okay jeremy this is a weird category because how do you win this by being the most like what what is this what is the like you know the standard to winning this being the most anticipated game of the year like how like how much hype it has like how do you judge this award this is an actual award jeremy um i think just like yeah how much hype it has but and and like how much yeah, I think it's just how much hype it has. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, everyone's hyped for, like, all these different games, but it depends on who you ask as well. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the hype and the anticipation. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, my my thoughts are... Oh, and then also Horizon Forbidden West. I am very excited for that game because I like Horizon Zero Dawn. And the fact that it's set in San Francisco is another reason why I should play that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, uh, to answer your question, it's a little weird to award something that hasn't been released. I mean... Yeah, it's just strange to be like, hey, are you excited for this? Well, we're going to give an award for something that uh, you're excited about. But well, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, but it's it's about the thought about being excited about it. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> all right, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, that's literally it's it. True. It's true. Yeah, it's like, hey, the, are you're waiting for this to come out, right? Aren't you excited? All right, now which one are you the most excited for that is that's gonna come out? Like, or maybe it won't come out. Who knows? Anyways, get, you have to vote. It's like, what? It yeah. is strange. It is strange. I know. Um, in my personal opinion, I don't think that should be an award. I think it should come out first and then we could award it because I feel like that's a category that is easily forgotten about. It's something that people are like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's something that exists. Thank you for reminding me. I can't wait. I can't wait to play it. But am I, am I excited for this trailer? Uh, yeah, but I still haven't played it yet. So still waiting, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, but what what are your overall thoughts, Elisa? I'm anticipating it. That's my overall thought. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's weird at all to? Oh get yeah. An award? Why the hell? Would, like I'm not. <laughs> this is such a dumb reward. I feel uh, award. I feel like the reason they're doing this is because a lot of these games got delayed due to COVID or something like that. Uh, and they're just like we gotta we gotta do something for the people also do you think that they did this because they um they needed more game no i don't even think that, that that's it i was wondering if they did this because they needed more games to nominate for something this year um but i don't think that's it um yeah i just i don't get it jeremy this is a stupid award to be honest <laughs> i agree with you um <laughs> I'm just going to say it's like, it. this is dumb. <laughs> that's like if Starfield got nominated in that category. I'm like, bro, we didn't even get to see gameplay. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, come on now. What the heck? Um, yeah, yeah, no. I I think it's weird. I'm not a fan. I understand why it's there, kind of. But for the most part, eh, whatever. Sure. You just want another category. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Sure. God. Could have been better. Yeah. But just to, um, just to tell you who um who is nominated for uh game of the year. It is Deathloop. It takes two. Psycho not Wait, am I reading the right category? Hold on. I don't think I Oh, I'm definitely not reading the right column. Hold on. <laughs> Just to tell you, um, just to finish this podcast by telling you who is nominated for Game of the Year after this loads, um, it is uh, Death Loop. It takes two. Metroid Dread, Psychonauts, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. So these are a game a lot I have not played a single game in this category. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't either. I, I still need to play all of these. I especially want to play It Takes Two. I'm I'm waiting uh for a good time to play it. Um uh, I actually own it, I just haven't touched it yet. Mm, for sure. It looks cute. Yeah. Um okay, cool, cool. But, but yeah. That is all we wait. Hazelight Studios is it? Are these the people that do that? Um, that um, way out. co-op game? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. All right. On that note, thanks for everyone for listening to this podcast. If you have any oh, questions, wait, wait. 
real quick, I just want to say thank you, Dave slash Cherry Goblin. Thank you for your question. Oh yes, and, uh, as yeah, always. Thank you, thank you so much. You're awesome. So sorry, Alisa, go ahead. Oh no, <laughs> building no, off of that. <laughs> no, totally. As always, thank you, Dave. Yeah. And then, um, if you are interested in asking us questions, um, you can contact us at www.contact. Uh, um, sorry, sorry, www.downtime.live. There is a contact sheet there. And there's a form you can fill out. You can also email us directly at contact at downtime.live. You can join our Discord, which is on our website, as well as in the description of this podcast. And when you join the Discord, we have a questions channel. Um, You can ask us questions anywhere where we host this podcast. So Stitcher Podbean, YouTube. um, You can ask us questions and we'll answer them. We also have a Twitter and you can... Tweet us questions there. And last but not least, if you have Apple Podcasts, if you write a review for us on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the on air. Yeah. And um, if you want to connect with us directly, you can go into, des- into the description of wherever this podcast is hosted that allows links. Click on the Discord uh, link and you will get an invite to join us on Discord where we talk about everything from movies, TV shows, video games pop culture and everything in between so you can like talk to us live and uh it's a lot of fun connecting with everyone yes exactly uh but yeah that's that's it i think um any anything else elisa uh nope that's it that's all i have all right everyone thank you so much for listening to downtime podcast episode 179 i hope you all have a wonderful wonderful thanksgiving if you're in the united states and uh have a great rest of your day and week see you guys later peace